good to have you join me today for another Press On podcast. I have to be honest and tell you I am so excited to be with you today because I have something in my heart. Uh, It has been applied to me by the Holy Spirit, and I'm so hoping that it will transfer to you today an encouraging word to you. I, I know that some of my podcasts have been, as some have said, maybe a little heavy. Uh, and that's just the nature of how God operates in me and how often I see the scriptures. But today, I come with uh, a joy in my heart to be able to share with you what I've entitled today is Your Testimony of the Lord. I think today may be more of uh, an exhortation than maybe a traditional teaching that I would normally do, but I do want to bring you to the Word of God. That is our foundation. And so in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, this might be familiar to you, maybe not, but in the first chapter, Paul begins to write. He's writing to young Timothy, and he says in verses 5 through 8, and if you'll allow me, I'm just going to kind of condense those uh, three verses because I want us to focus in on some things today that I think are going to really bless you. Paul writes, and he says to Timothy, that I call to my remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, or because of that, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, I feel like we could just camp out on this. I felt like reading it two or three times because there is so much in these few verses that will apply to us today. I want to point out to you a couple of things. You know, Timothy here uh, is a young minister. And while it doesn't tell us specifically maybe what were some life challenges that Timothy was facing, no doubt he was. Uh, I, I think, looking at it, Timothy ha, uh, has been serving God. He is under the tutelage of uh, the Apostle Paul. He's uh, looking to his spiritual father. And now he, he has seen the power of God— He's seen the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached, being lived, being modeled and messaged by Paul. Timothy himself, I believe, is looking at Paul saying, the way Paul has ministered is the way I want to minister. The way God has used Paul is the way I want God to use me. And yet now he looks, and I think Timothy is shaken. I think this is why he wrote it. Why? Because Paul now is bound in chains. He's in a Roman prison and has a sentence of death over him. These unfolding events in Paul's life surely must have touched Timothy deep in the heart. Again, Paul's his spiritual father. Timothy was, and he felt like a son to to Paul. And yet here is this great man of God, greatly used of God, uh, and yet he's in a prison and the sentence of death upon him. Maybe Timothy was shaken to the very core of his being. Uh, Everything in his mind, in his heart, was being questioned. I think he was asking questions that I would ask or you would ask, like, is this what I've got to look forward to? If I follow the Lord, if I seek his will, 
if I go out with intentionality to preach the gospel, to live as a true disciple of Jesus Christ, and uh, with my mouth and my behavior, uh, let my conduct speak to people of, the, of Jesus Christ, is this the kind of reward that comes when you serve God? Uh, is this the outcome of loving people and laying down my life for the gospel's sake? I bet you right now you're thinking uh, some of those same things. Every one of us has. Why? Because the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but it says also that the Lord will deliver us from them all. Timothy is being shaken. He's looking, and maybe he felt like there was something that was unfair, something that he didn't want to transpire. Maybe he was literally just saying, is it my destiny to end up a martyr? Have you ever felt that way? And, and, and I'm talking to people like Paul and like a Timothy that you are really pressing in to know the Lord. You are really pressing on to serve the Lord in reality. I'm not talking about a Sunday Christianity. I'm not talking about a sometime presentation. I'm talking about those of us who know that with intentionality— We're to serve the Lord, that we're to be salt and light in our culture, that we can't be uh, absent uh, Christians in this present crooked and perverse generation. You know what I mean. I'm talking about making our Christian life uh, mean something, that it counts. Timothy, I think, was looking and listening to what Paul is saying. And Paul brings out uh, in his word to Timothy uh, three things that I want to point out to you, because I think that these are revealing instructions, and it was meant to encourage. That's why I am I have been so blessed by this myself just recently. You know, look, I'm just like you. I've go, I go through ups and downs. Sometimes my uh, faith uh, gets a bit uh, rocky. Uh, thank God it doesn't get thrown away. Uh, the Lord sustains us. But we go through those times, really, I would say, times when our feelings are so magnified that it seems like feeling overcomes our faith. And um, I, I want to mention as well, because I, I, in some previous podcasts, I've talked about uh, the topic of knowing the power of fear. I really encourage you to go back and look at that. I did mention this verse, but here, Paul, in this place with Timothy, I believe Timothy was shaken. I believe his—not that he would cast off his faith, but I think he was doubting. I think he was really being put to the test, at least in his mind, by the realities of the uh, test that Paul was, was encountering. And he says three things here to Timothy. One is there was a genuine faith in Timothy. Paul mentions that. Then he mentions there is the gift of God which is in you, Timothy. And then he mentioned that there is also a spirit. Now, not the spirit of fear. That's why I want you to go back and listen, please, to the podcast on uh, understanding the power of fear. But here he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy. God is speaking that to you as well. But he does say, but I have given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I I want to just spend a few minutes just to encourage you. First of all, if you've come to Jesus Christ to be saved, if you have requested Christ to come into your life as Savior, and you're yielding yourself constantly 
uh, under his lordship. My friend, do you know that the spirit of Christ dwells in you and dwells in you richly? And God has given you faith. Uh, We know very clearly from the scripture that the righteous do not live by feelings. We do not live by circumstances and events. We don't go by those things. We live by faith. And Romans tells us that faith is the gift of God that is given to us. Now, there are many, many gifts, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but I simply want to bear witness, if I could, to say to you that if you've been born again, my friend, you have faith. But faith is like a muscle. You can have it. If you don't use it, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. But the opposite is true. Extend yourself by faith. Walk in faith. Put yourself with intentionality to say, I'm going to stretch out in faith and believe God. Faith is not this mystical jumping out into the dark and hoping something works out. Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance. It's the reality of the things we hope for, the things we look forward to, the things in God's kingdom. Faith in Jesus Christ. It's not faith in, in me or you. It's faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. It's what gets us saved. It's what gets us uh, through life. Paul says, look, Timothy, I see, I know in you was, uh, there is a genuine faith. Oh, my friends, you have a genuine faith. You have it. We just need to walk in it. Paul is telling him, hey, don't cast that faith aside. Faith is just simply trusting and believing fully in God. I'm not saying that it's always easy. Many people, John the Baptist found himself in, in, in prison and said to Christ, are you, are you really the Christ? He had a time of doubting. We all go through a little doubt. We all go through a little fear. We all go through overwhelming circumstances. But faith always, authentic faith, genuine faith, always bubbles back to the surface, and it holds us fast. Now, I said previously that fear is one of the greatest enemies of faith. Why? Because fear is based on doubt. Did God really say, uh, the serpent said to Adam and Eve, begin to question what he says in questioning who God is? This is the challenge to our faith. Paul is really encouraging us today. Can you hear his words to you? Is there something of the Holy Spirit right now in you, just speaking to you, saying, you've got a genuine faith? Don't think you have to ask for more faith. You've got it. That is the gift of God given to us, not of works, lest any man should boast. No, we've been given faith. But faith and fear have something in common. They both ask you to believe in what you cannot see. And this is something that Timothy was facing. He couldn't quite see his future in in light of where the Apostle Paul was. But faith is the basis of all of our godly service to Christ. Faith is the foundation that releases the Holy Spirit's power in us to produce uh, the fruits of God and, and the works of God. The Bible says so clearly that without faith, we cannot please God. And that faith is the very power that causes us to overcome the world. Now, this is so important because faith is something the enemy is, your faith is something the enemy is always going to be after. 
He's going to shake you. He's going to rock your world. Circumstances and feelings are going to be magnified. That is part of the, 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 the persecutions we face. But God will hold us steady. 1 John 5, 5, hallelujah, says, Who is he who overcomes the world? He who believes, who has faith that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Paul says something else. He says to Timothy, there's the gift of God in you, and I'm, I'm telling you, stir that gift up. Now, my friends, gifts, I, this is not a time to teach on gifts, although I may sometime. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 are two chapters that you should go in and look and read and meditate and study on about the gifts we you say the gifts of the spirit uh, or spiritual gifts. Uh, now the most ultimate gift is Jesus Christ Himself for us, and yet one of the ways that Christ gives Himself to us is by empowering us to to walk in giftings that He gives us. The Holy Spirit gives every follower of Jesus spiritual gifts. Now each of us have natural talents of some kind, a skill and ability. This is not just that that I'm talking about. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are given by God to his people through the Holy Spirit to take the message of Christ out to a lost and dying world. You can see that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. The, for us to operate in the gifts that God has given you, Paul said to Timothy, stir it up, man. Come on, you know you've got it. Start walking in it. Put it into practice. Learn from some failures. Grow in your uh, successes. Put it into action uh, because it's ex- essential for us in spreading the gospel. It's essential for us being a vital member of the Church of Jesus Christ today uh, and encouraging other believers. And when we walk in our gifts, God always seems to express his love through us to other people. You've got gifts, spiritual gifts, but you may not know what they are. You may not know why you have them. Why? Because you just haven't focused in. I'm calling you like Paul said to Timothy, man, stir that stuff up because you need it. The church needs it. The world needs it as well. Every gift that God has given is significant, and it works in the context of your life, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a way that really people will know that you're different than other people. There are natural skills and abilities and, and talents, but people who have only those natural talents, people that do not uh, know Christ, do not have the Holy Spirit living in them, they do not have uh, access to the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to exercise those natural gifts, but you do. You do. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your mortal bodies. The same power, the same authority that Christ has is in you, and it operates through the giftings and the callings that God has given to you. Romans 12, and I said, go study that now, has uh, different gifts of grace have been given to us. Uh, And James chapter 2 tells us, look, if we say we're Christians, if we say we're really following Christ, but you don't have any operating of the gifts in your life, if you're not producing any works, then 
uh, James says, your faith is a dead faith. Not, not works to merit salvation. That's not biblical. But a faith produces in us good works. The, the root of the Holy Spirit produces the fruits of the Holy Spirit in us. And uh, uh, we've been encouraged, like Paul to Timothy, the Holy Spirit speaking to us today, that uh, we, even if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, right? You say, well, I don't have great faith. Well, you're in luck, because if you only have a seed, small mustard seed of faith, the tiniest bit of faith, you can speak to the mountain, and it says it'll be cast into the sea. My friends, God is looking for us today to operate in our gifts. You cannot be a closet Christian. You cannot be a silent saint. You cannot be a pew warmer anymore. Oh, my friend, there's so much investment in you, and God is wanting you to hear him say to you today, stir up that gift. Put it into operation. You're going to be so blessed, and many people around you will be blessed. And then Paul kind of wraps up with this as a great word of encouragement, saying to Timothy, look, Timothy, listen, listen, listen. God did not give you a spirit of fear, my brother. And I'm saying to you, by the word of the Lord, God has not given you a spirit of fear. If you fear, you need to find out why and make sure you've got the right kind of fear. Uh, That's a plug for a podcast on understanding uh, the power of fear. We need to know these things. But he does say uh, that you've been given a spirit, a contrast to the spirit of fear, is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit is resident in you. All that Christ is, is in you by the Holy Spirit. And it's a spirit of power. It is a spirit of love. It's a spirit of a sound mind of a discerning spirit, of a sober approach to the world, whereby we know we're doing the works and the will of God uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's a problem that some people have. We tend to believe that spirits aren't real. We, a spirit of fear, what? Spirits? Ghosts? That's all for Halloween. Nonsense. Spirits are real. Even the fact that Paul, under the inspiration of God, says a spirit of fear, identifies that there are spirits, negative spirits, demonic spirits that seek not to uh, possess, but to control uh, us uh, in our behaviors and our minds uh, and to um, uh, cause us to move off our faith. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Hey, he did not give you the spirit of fear. Don't accept it. Don't buy into that lie. But you do have a spirit, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us. Uh, And that Holy Spirit is the fullness of God in us uh, to empower us. Uh, Look what he said here in conclusion. Timothy, because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, and he's a spirit of power, love, gives you sober, gives you a clear, sound mind, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or of me, but share in suffering. Now, my friends, today, I know nobody likes to suffer. Paul didn't enjoy suffering. The disciples who all died except for John as martyrs, they didn't enjoy that. We don't go around looking for this. 
It's, in fact, those who live godly shall suffer tribulation, will face persecution uh, more and more. And especially as we obey this word, as we live with a genuine faith, using the gifts that God has given us, going out into the world with power and love and a sound mind, it is going to cause you to run opposite of the world, maybe members of your family certainly members of society. Remember, Jesus said to the disciples, don't make the assumption that I have come to bring peace, but I have come to bring a sword. That sword is the difference between walking in unbelief and walking in faith. Friends, when you walk in faith, when you're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, when you're inviting the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, help you to answer questions, to discern the way forward in life, it's going to cause you to run opposite. Why? Because John said in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John that the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And when we run contrary to that spirit, it'll put you at odds with some people. And this is what uh, Timothy was suffering. Do not be ashamed. My friend, I want to say to you today, you have a testimony. Go back, read John chapter 9 of the blind man. Go back and read the, the, the man that Jesus encountered in the Gadarene uh, Cemetery, who was out of his mind, demon-possessed. Jesus put him in his right mind. See what Jesus told him, well, what he told him to do. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. You only need to be ashamed of your testimony uh, of the Lord only if you're not living right. That's the only thing that can bring you shame is if we don't live right, if we live contrary to this, then yeah, it's shameful for us to say one thing and live another. We say we believe the Word of God, but we live a different way. Then you have room for being ashamed, and we ought to be ashamed. But here, there's no shame in your testimony. Your testimony is you've been saved. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. That faith has been granted to you to live and move and have your being in Him and that you are not operating under uh, uh, fear. No, no demonic power is going to so uh, 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 compress you down to where you can't operate in the gifts that God has given you. No way. Say it today with me. Say, no way, no more am I going to live like that. I am not ashamed of the testimony. And in fact, not only not ashamed, but in the sufferings for the gospel— the power of God is released in you. Oh, my friend, Paul had his afflictions. He prayed the Lord would take his uh, afflictions away, and the Lord said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. I say to you today, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do not be ashamed of your testimony. You, you have, I have everyone born again. We have a story to tell of the salvation of the Lord to a lost people. And there's no room for fear, no room for shame, but there's every room to walk in faith using gifts that God has given us and anointed us to do that we might bear fruit and good fruit and it would remain, it would glorify God, it would edify people, and you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. Oh, but I don't feel like it. That happens. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not there. It has changed nothing. Our feelings change nothing. Let's rise above our feelings today. Amen. 
Let's rise above those things. And let's just say with Paul that we will not be ashamed of our testimony of the Lord. My friends, I am encouraged by this word. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that you get released today. I pray you find a fresh flow of God's love and his mercy and grace to you. I pray that this word that is spirit and life speaks to you today. Walk in faith. Use those gifts. Go out in power of the Holy Spirit. Bring glory to God, and your life is going to count for something. God bless you. 